0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رحمة للعالمين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما دعت. So just quickly I want to explain what it means to be a believer Because we as Muslims, the word Muslim uh, There's another word, mu'min Mu'min and muslim these are two Arabic words. Most times they use interchangeably. You can say he's a mu'min, she's a mu'mina, uh, she's a muslim. You could say either. But strictly speaking, there's a difference between them. Linguistically and technically. Mu'min is the one who has inner belief. Uh, there's a hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ was asked by the angel Jibreel. Famous hadith. Hadith of Jibreel they call it. Very famous. Mal imanu ya Rasulullah. What is iman, ya Rasulullah? Iman is what makes you mu'min. Mu'min is the one with iman. Okay. Bit of linguistics lesson today. Okay. So mu'min is the one. So the Prophet ﷺ answered, is that you believe in Allah, the Last Day, the prophets, the divine books, and you believe in the decree, predestination, the good and bad. If you see, all of these are to do with inside belief. Then he asked the question, "Mal Islam, يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ What is Islam then? If this is Iman, then what is Islam? The answer he, uh, Prophet ﷺ gave was Islam is that you declare openly that God is one and uh, Muhammad is Allah's Messenger wasallam, and that you do Salat and fasting and Zakat and Hajj if you're able to. All of these are external acts. They're practical acts. Iman was all about internal beliefs. And Islam is about external acts. Of course, as a Muslim, we need to, because you can't have Islam without Iman. And you can't have Iman without Islam. Okay? Now, what does it mean to say I'm a believer, or I am a mu'min and I have Iman? What does it mean? So, there are huge books written on Kitabul iman the book of Iman, which tells you everything about Iman. I'm not gonna do the whole book today, i just want to bring maybe five quick hadith to show what it means to be a mu'min a believer what is the what is supposed to be the benefit of being a muslim how are we supposed to act as mu'mineen as muslimin muslimin mu'mineen plurals of mu'min and muslim okay uh, if i was to ask you like if i was to ask you and you're to give an answer to me just think in your own minds what is Iman to you? Uh, most of you are Muslims here, I believe. Uh, the statistics, what I've been told. Uh, if, I, if somebody is to ask you, why you are you a Mu'min? And what does it mean that you're a Mu'min or a Muslim? How will you answer? Right? Some of you may say, oh, that means I must pray, I must cover, I must do this, that, and everybody will have a various different. Some of these things will be correct, obviously. I want to try to give you the essence of being a believer, what it means, straight from the words of the Prophet So the first thing is, there's a hadith which is sahih, narrated by the authentic collections, uh, Bukhari, Muslim, etc. The Prophet said, عجبا لأمن المؤمن فإن أمره كله له خير. Uh, What an astonishing state, it is for a believer. Meaning, the believer, man or woman, is in a very wonderful state. Because Everything for them can lead to goodness. What does that mean? Any state they're in, it can lead to goodness and excellence. Then the Prophet ﷺ explains. He said, if they are afflicted with some difficulty, for example, I pray that you're successful in your exams, whether they're tomorrow or some other day. But sometimes if you've worked very hard and you don't get the grade you want, you feel bad. Or you want to get married to someone and somebody else gets married to them. That really hurts. Or anything else for that matter, anything else. Setbacks in life, calamities. You may may become ill or sick, God forbid. You may, uh, somebody may be involved in an accident. The Prophet said, if a calamity reaches you, difficulty, hardship reaches you, and you are patient, then that is good for you. The calamity wasn't good, but then it became good because you patiently persevered. You dealt with it in the right way. You did not freak out and pull out your hair and, and, and go crazy. Because it's not, it's not worth doing that. No, it, it doesn't make you any better. Rather, contain and deal with it. That's what the Prophet ﷺ is saying. And you get rewarded. One of the greatest rewards in Islam is for patience. That's why even fasting has the greatest reward that there's no stipulated reward. Allah says, fasting is for me. I will directly give a reward for it, as much as I want. Because fasting is patience. Fasting is nothing but patience. Patience from eating, drinking, and sexual intercourse. That's what fasting is to abstain, fasting means, patience means to abstain, to withhold, to control yourself. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, if something good comes to the believer, because life is about good or bad, there'll be some difficulties, but then there'll be some prosperities. You've got good marks in your exam, you've got a new set of clothing, you've got a new phone, which are banned here, you can't bring them inside, right? But you've got a new phone, which are big fitna, which are a big problem. Right, but you get excited when you get a new iPhone. Right? There's an excitement there, even though it's so harmful. Right, unless you're very careful about the way you use it. So, if you have some kind of, uh, uh, some kind of bounty, some kind of uh, favor, then you have to do shukr. So, I just sat uh, inside the office and they gave some mitai, it was new. And I felt it was nice, so I said, thank you, Allah. Simple as that. It's just to train yourself to thank Allah for every small thing that happens. Anything good happens, you do, you, you thank Allah. The benefit of that is Allah says in the Quran, if you give thanks, we will increase you. If you get a new dress, new clothing, new shoes, new house, whatever, and you thank Allah, Allah will give you more. There's only a benefit for us. This is all part of Mu'min. This is all part of being a Mu'min. Once we were in an interfaith program, there was um, um, uh, about five, six of us myself, a Christian woman, maybe a man, somebody, and two, three other people. And we all said that everyone should bring something from their faith tradition, present a verse or something. This is the hadith I presented. And mashallah, there was one woman the Christian woman, she was just, until the end, she was like, this is. So wonderful. This encapsulates the way to live your life. If you follow this hadith, you will never be upset in this world. Even if you're upset, you do sabr, it'll come out to be good for you. Because sabr raises your sight in Allah's. And inna ma'al usri yusra. With every sabr and difficulty comes ease afterwards. So that's the first hadith. General principle of life. Number two. What else does it mean to be mu'min? So another hadith. The Prophet Sallallahu said لا يزني حين يزني وهو مؤمن ولا يشرب الخمر حين يشرب وهو مؤمن ولا يسرق حين يسرق وهو When a person fornicates, uh, commits unlawful intercourse right? Young people, older people can't control themselves and they don't do it in the lawful way they do unlawful uh, sexual uh, intercourse When they do that He can't be a mu'min. He's not a mu'min at that time. When somebody drinks wine because that's prohibited in Islam, or any intoxicants, then they're not a mu'min. They can't be a believer like that. And number three, if anybody steals, then he's not a believer while he steals. What does that mean? One meaning could be that a mu'min can't do these things. Because if they do these things, they can't be a mu'min. But we don't take this hadith literally. There are many Muslims, unfortunately, who do steal, drink, and fornicate. As long as they believe, they're still believers, at least at some level, but they don't have complete perfection of faith. There's another hadith which explains this. It says that when a person commits zina, the faith, iman, comes out and hovers above the head like a cloud. Some muhaddithin explain this as that the iman is so powerful, that when a person does something wrong, maybe there's punishment coming down from Allah, so the iman goes on top and protects them. This is the value of our faith, that it protects us. But you can't rely on that all the time, that oh, my iman will protect me, I will keep doing zina, stealing, drinking, because eventually one day the iman will go and never come back, God forbid. right? But uh, these are ways, of. but this is another expression of faith. Faith is that you do sabr, you do shukran, uh, thanks, uh, patience and thanks. You avoid harams and wrongs. And then number three. Uh, these things were so far very personal. The first one was very psychological. The second one was avoiding sins. Now the third one is inter-social. The Prophet ﷺ said, لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه لا yu'minu None of you can be true believers or perfect believers unless you love for your brother what you love for yourself. Now why does it say brother? Does that mean you shouldn't love for your sister what you love for yourself? Is it just brothers or sisters as well? The Prophet ﷺ was speaking to men, so that's why he addressed the men in this context. But otherwise, uh, women, absolutely. It's the same thing. You can't be a true believer unless you love for your brother or sister what you love for yourself. What is this teaching us? It's teaching us that we need to be selfless, not selfish. We need to be generous, not greedy. We need to be loving, not full of enmity. If your uh, classmate comes with a new nice dress, right? Or a nice handbag, right? Louis Vuitton. Have you heard of that name? I'm sure you have. (laughs) Um, So, you get so jealous, that uh, there's a drink on the table and the bag is there, so you, you drop it. Because you don't have one, she does have one. That's jealousy. That's not being a believer. That's not being a mu'min. A mu'min means you must love for the other what you love for yourself. Some scholars have said what this means is that you must love for your sister or brother to be better than you. Well, how do you understand that from this hadith? Because most people like to be better than others. If I like that for myself, then I must like for my brother or sister to be better than me then. I know sometimes that causes a conflict in perception or uh, a paradox, but the idea is that this hadith is supposed to moderate our evil traits in our hearts. And it is to give rise to love and uh, compromise and empathy and uh, generosity and all the other praiseworthy deeds so can you see now how we're building the picture of a true mu'min? we're all mu'min. we all believe that those who have Islam those who believe it but are we doing all of these things because that's what a true believer is supposed to be right the next hadith the Prophet said again the word is there same word a mu'min is not stung from the same hole twice What does that mean? A mu'min is not stung from the same hole twice So for example, if you're uh, going on a hike or you're somewhere and there's a hole it basically means that uh, you, you, what you, may, you may sit near there you may look inside and a snake or scorpion or something, an evil something that lives in there will bite you but you cannot make that mistake twice. One time you'll be forgiven, but the second time this is wrong now, you're too gullible. Don't be so innocent and naive that people will deceive you. So the whole means people deceiving you. Okay, one time you may be deceived by someone, but you can't let yourself be deceived twice or more because a mu'min is supposed to be smart. It's supposed to be smart. So it's part of iman to be smart. Now, it's possible sometimes to be honorable that you let yourself be deceived because you don't want to upset somebody. That's different. But you can't let take people take advantage of you for the wrong reason. That's not, that, being a mu'min doesn't mean you need to be so laid back that people walk all over you. That's not what it means. You need to be honorable and dignified and smart and clever. Sometimes uh, I used to sell books to someone. And a friend of mine used to also sell books to them. Uh, We we both used to sell to one person, uh, one particular person, businessman. And he was a very rough businessman, very unscrupulous businessman. So he used to to always drive a very hard bargain and he used to criticize the books and everything. And he wouldn't pay on tax. So once I called my friend, because I would have to call this person so many times, where's the money? Are you paying? Are you paying? One day my friend said, uh, uh, I talked to my friend, I said, has he paid you? He said, he hasn't paid. I said, are you, when do you think he will pay you? He says, I don't care anymore. He says that uh, to keep chasing him takes more time and is less useful now than for me to sit and say, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, I'll get more reward in this. Now this is obviously as tawakkul in Allah, that's why he's saying this. But sometimes you have to do that. Otherwise, sometimes you have to leave a case, leave an argument. The Prophet ﷺ said, if you leave an argument, even though you're wrong, you'll, get, you'll still get a house in the outskirts of paradise. Even if you're wrong and you leave an argument. Most people argue and they Right. Sorry? You're right. No, this is if you're wrong. Sorry. Even if you're wrong and you leave an argument, is giving incentive. Because most people argue and they're wrong anyway. So he's giving them incentive that stop arguing even if you're wrong. right? I, I don't know how people are going to listen to this, but you know that's the idea. And if you're correct and you leave an argument, then you get a place in the high part of Jannah. So this is all part of being a mu'min. Okay. Now, uh, two more hadith quickly. There's a hadith related by Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-Asr, anhu, the Prophet said that by the one in whose hand is my life. The example of a mu'min, the example of a believer, is like the example of a honeybee. Example of a honeybee. Now honeybees, you shouldn't kill them, right, because 50% of the honeybees of the U.S. have have died. And honeybees actually provide pollination. I mean, you guys have studied, right, this kind of stuff. So, uh, yesterday there was a bee inside the house and I said, don't kill it, just get it out, just don't kill it. Because you don't want to kill bees. Now wasps are a different story. Right, they're crazy. Honeybees perform a very good very good task in the, in, in our uh, ecosystem. It's very important. So the Prophet said, the mint is like a honeybee. And then he described it. He says, it eats that which is pure, the nectar. It's pure nectar. It doesn't go to the dirt like flies. Flies will find dirt. But the honeybee looks for the pure nectar. And then it also discharges and produces that which is pure, which is honey. It eats that which is pure, ingests it, and also discharges it and produces that which is pure. wa وَقَعْتْ فَلَمْ تَكْسِرْ And when it does alight onto the flower, it doesn't break the flower. It doesn't spoil the flower. It's, you know the stems where the... Where, where the nectar is in the flower. It's a very delicate, there's these small, you have seen it, I don't know what you call them, somebody gave me the name yesterday. Stigma. You call that a stigma? Okay, mashallah, right? So they're very, very delicate, but the bee comes, it hovers around, and it takes, and it doesn't spoil anything. A mu'min is also supposed to be like that. A mu'min is supposed to be a cold breeze that comes into the room. Not that when a mu'min comes in, then people think, oh no. You know, uh, this is sarka But when a mu'min comes says, Alhamdulillah, this is good now, this is going to be good. You know, there's going to be relief. That's how a real believer should be. I know this sounds really high and really difficult. But if you know about this and you try to be like that, Allah can make us like that. The final hadith is the Prophet ﷺ said that there are 77 branches of iman. To be a mu'min is like a tree. The trunk is iman and the branches are the manifestations, expressions of faith. Highest one is to say la ilaha illallah, Muhammad rasulullah, and the lowest one is to move something that is harmful from the street. If we, when we're walking and we see something harmful and we don't move it, then what is the state of our iman? We can't even be bothered. Generally Bangalore is quite clean anyway, from what I've seen. Compared to other cities in India. right? Uh, not as clean as our country, maybe, but at least cleaner. So when you see something that's wrong, you just move it away. That's part of mu'min. And if we don't do that, then that means we've got weakness in our branches. But then the Prophet ﷺ said, Al-haya'u min al iman is from iman. What does haya' mean? Haya' is a very difficult word to translate into English. I don't know about Hindi, because I don't know Hindi too much, or Sanskrit for that matter, but it's a very complex concept, and certain languages don't have a comprehensive term. Sometimes they say shyness. But shyness is a natural thing, and haya doesn't mean the natural shyness. If somebody's very shy and they don't want to speak and are introverted, that doesn't mean they've got haya. That has nothing to do with religion, that's just their natural self. Um, Some people are very overt, very uh, extroverted. Now, Haya means that for the sake of Allah, where it's right to express yourself, you do, but where it's wrong to express yourself, then you don't. That's Haya Imani, not Haya Fitri. So natural Haya, natural shyness is different to Imani Haya. And Imani Haya, another translation they say is modesty. Not complete, but it works sometimes. Another one they say is bashfulness. And that is basically that we want to stay in the way Allah has told us to be. So, for example, for me, haya would be that I don't speak in vulgar language. I don't reveal the parts of my body that I'm not supposed to reveal, right? Uh, I don't uh, uh, do things that are repugnant and ugly. Likewise, for women, they have their own ways where they must dress in a particular way, uh, they must uh, act in a particular way, they must speak in a particular all of these things. This is all part of our haya. So, a mu'min is in their social interaction in their personal psychology uh, in their personal behavior uh, in their outlook of life also in their method of dress and behavior they have to have modesty and higher otherwise they are missing out otherwise they're not acting as a true believer and they're not benefiting from the great potential of true belief iman is a very valuable thing In the modern age, with the onslaught of postmodernism, liberalism, secularism, feminism to a certain degree, some parts of feminism are good, some parts of it are extreme and harmful, right? Because they create an imbalance in society. But some part of feminism is good because, unfortunately, in some cases women have been subjugated uh, unjustifiably uh, in in many cases. So to get the rights that women should be in certain cultures, whether that be Muslim, Hindu, or other cultures, right? That's understandable. But then sometimes it's just gone over the limits and it goes crazy. Just like with everything, there's extremes in everything. So, in light of all of that, people forget about Iman. They don't see the value of Iman. They don't see the value of Iman and being a Mu'min, even though they may have been born a Mu'min. So this gets complicated. The thing is that, remember, we don't live just for this world. We live for a hereafter. There's a hereafter that we're gonna go to whether we like it or not. That's our belief. For that, that's the tickets the valuable thing which will take us and benefit us in the hereafter, the gold ticket is Iman. So it must be valued. There was one big scholar of the past whose name was Sufyan Thawri right? Very big scholar, of around the uh, uh, late 200 Hijris. Right, about 179 Hijri or something after Prophet He once was seen crying and somebody asked him, why are you crying for, why are you weeping for? He said, because I have not He picked up a piece of a grain, small seed. And he said, I have not disobeyed Allah even this much. Now, when I read that, I think, like, what's your problem? Why are you you worried for? I should be worried. I've got more problems than this. He said that, yes, I have not disobeyed Allah even this much all my life. But I don't know that if by the time I die, I still have my faith. That's what I'm worried about. That will my iman continue until I die. Because if I die without Iman, this is our belief that the hereafter then is a different story. Right? Because we believe in a paradise and hell as a mu'min. Paradise and hell have been created by Allah to give the full reward or the full punishment for those who are good or bad in this world. We ask Allah to make us all good and forgive us our, our wrongdoings. There's a famous leader of the one of the previous great empires of the Muslim world, which was the Abbasids. Harun al-Rashid is named he was a great his wife his name was Zubaydah she was a wonderful woman she was actually the daughter of one of the earlier Khalifs, one of the very powerful khalif called Abu Ja'far al-Mansur who actually established and founded the city of Baghdad so he was very powerful this was his daughter but she was very righteous uh, with her money her inheritance money uh, that time in around Mina was Darifa Ar-Fat there was no water source there So when people used to go for pilgrimage for Hajj Umrah, they used to find it very difficult because there was no water. So she built one of those special aqueduct canals uh, to deliver the water from the hills to there. It's called the Zubaydah Canal. You can still see remnants of it. She did many other things. That shows that even women, you know, when they have influence or money, they can do a lot. There's no difference. You know, they they shouldn't feel they can't, they should be able to. in fact, let me tell you something. One person I know in England, she's a woman, and I'm going to see if there's anybody more qualified than her in this room, right? If there's any more, co- I have never seen somebody more qualified than her so far. right? <laughs> okay, she's got a PhD, right? There's others who may have PhDs. She's a half of the Quran, okay? A lot of us drop out now and she's an alima as well she's done hips she finished I think when she was nine right she's my teacher's daughter right? and then she did alima for five six years she finished that then she did a PhD is there anybody here who's more qualified than, than her, both islamically and uh, secular uh, from the secular education system no But you can do it, that's what I'm saying, is it? you can do that. So, it's just, you see, there's people with potential, men and women, just don't waste your potential in doing the wrong thing, radical, weird things, crazy things. Don't do those. Do things with a lot of thought. So you can actually contribute to humanity, in general, and not be seen as People like Kim Kardashian. I mean, who would want to be like that? No qualification, nothing, just the way she looks and she flaunts that makes becomes a millionaire. That is easy money, but what you get from that? These are just people who have some beauty so then they put themselves on Instagram and Facebook and then do crazy things just to attract likes and uh, then they monetize this and they make money out of this and it's just the wrong way to go. You, you need to have substance. With your substance, you study well, you gain a good education, you then use it while keeping the laws of modesty, haya, iman, being a true mu'min, and you want to you wanna, you wanna contribute to society insha'Allah. So, going back to this story, Zubaydah and Harun al-Rashid, they were walking on the, seash- uh, on the river uh, river edge, and there was a wise man called Bahlool. It's a famous story, right? Bahlool. He used to do some strange things. Bahlul was making sand castles, mansions, out of sand. So Harun Rashid, he went there and he said, What are you doing, Bahlul? He says, I'm making mansions of paradise. And I'm selling them for one dinar each. It was very cheap. One dinar for a mansion in paradise. So Harun Rashid said, Forget it. He just carried on. But Zubaydah thought, OK, let me give him a dinar and buy one. Compassionate. Women have compassion in their hearts. Men like us, we're not as compassionate. That's why women have the children, men don't, because there's just the natural fitrah and nature that Allah has created each one to complement one another, right? Women can cry more easily, men can't. So crying easily, just don't cry for the wrong thing, but when it's the right thing you should feel good you can cry. Right? Um, so she bought one and then they carried on, they went home. That night Harun al-Rashid sees a dream and he is taken for a tour of paradise. And he sees a mansion. And it has zubaydah's name on it he's not allowed to even go inside when he wakes up he realizes that somebody allah is telling him something so tomorrow he says i must go and buy a mansion so he goes and he sees bahrul there making mansions he says can i buy some mansions i want to buy two three maybe he says today one is worth the price of your whole kingdom So he says, why did the price increase? Yesterday was one dinar and today you're increasing the price? He said something very interesting. He said, yesterday it was iman bil ghayb. And today it's iman of the seen. Yesterday you you had to make the purchase based on the unseen, which was taking a gamble, right? But today you know what you're gonna get, so now it becomes more expensive. Iman is like this, we're taking we're we're doing this for the unseen as allah mentioned in the beginning of surah al-faqarah beginning of the quran we're doing this for the unseen and we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this cohesive system this wonderful consistent system of iman that we have right that we can understand it properly and we can put it into our lives and become true representatives and thus inshallah gain success in this world and in the hereafter so I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah blesses you all uh, with the best of this world and the hereafter and removes the harms and difficulties from your path and grants us all gender to those and Will it make us true believers.